Hello, and welcome to the Work Well podcast. The World Health Organization has identified the workplace as a priority area for health promotion. Why then does the word work have such a negative and unhealthy connotation for so many people? Think about it. We spend so much of our adult lives at work. Why should it be in a role or in an environment that doesn't support our health and well-being? My name is Brian Crook, and I'm on a mission to make workplaces more positive places to be and to make our working day as healthy and productive as possible. Join me on the Work Well podcast as I interview workplace well-being thought leaders and industry professionals to discuss how employers, employees, and entrepreneurs can lead the way by creating and sustaining the healthy, safe, and well workplaces of the future. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Work Well podcast. Today in the show, I'm delighted to welcome Holland Spatz. Holland is the VP of People and Operations at ClassPass. ClassPass is the world's largest fitness and wellness network. In her role, Holland oversees the global HR, recruiting, and internal operations functions. In previous roles at ClassPass, Holland was responsible for growing and scaling the customer experience team. Holland brings more than 15 years of leadership experience in marketing and customer experience strategy. This episode is brought to you with thanks to the Fruit People. Fruit People are leading the way in workplace nutrition, both in office and remotely. Check out thefruitpeople.ie for more. It's with thanks to the Fruit People, we have a delicious fresh fruit and healthy snack pack to give away to one lucky listener to this episode. To find out how to enter, go to workwellpodcast.com, find the link to this episode with Holland, and you'll find the competition details at the bottom of the article. Now sit back and enjoy my chat with Holland Spatz. Well, Holland, hello and welcome to the Workwell Podcast. Hi, Brian. So happy to be here. A real pleasure to speak with you today. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm uh, Yeah, just really looking forward to, to chatting a, a bit about some of my favorite topics. Fantastic. And how's, how's life for you? How's work for you at the moment? Um, you're in uh, just outside New York City, I believe. Yes, I am. It is, you know, ever changing and evolving, but, you know, seems pretty pretty hopeful just for kind of days ahead and, and what it looks like in the future. So every day is, is slightly unpredictable and uncertain, but uh, we've all kind of gotten used to, to being quite agile at the moment. Excellent. Yeah, there's, there's positivity in the air, I think, isn't there? there? The vaccine is on the way. There's, there's a lot of hope out there. So long may that continue. Yes, exactly. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your role at ClassPass. Uh, you manage a global team, as I understand it. I do. Yeah, happy to. So I am the VP of People and Operations at ClassPass. I work with teams across 30 different countries where ClassPass is currently operational. We're spread out over five continents. Uh, My team is focused on creating the optimal employee experience. So no matter where you're on the world, I want to ensure that you have a consistent experience with ClassPass and we want to build a best-in-class experience. So from the moment that you are potentially looking at ClassPass as somewhere that you want to join until potentially, you know, through your entire tenure at ClassPass. So really focused on the entire employee experience. 
life cycle overall. And uh, for those for those that aren't familiar with ClassPass, it, it offers like um, access, if you like, to let's say to a local gym. And from a quick review on, on the website, I imagine you you pivoted quite quickly then as well to, to online sessions. Yeah. So for those who aren't familiar, I'll give you know just a, a quick yeah. overview of, of what ClassPass is. So as you said, it's a membership. It connects you to the world's best workouts and wellness experiences. We have access to over 30,000 gyms and studios kind of worldwide, plus over 11,000 beauty and wellness experiences. It can all be booked via your account. And uh, using ClassPass, you can book a class at a top studio near you. And then to your point, you know, we definitely have a lot of live stream classes and digital content that's available. So you can do it on demand, you know, in your living room, at home, wherever you are at this current moment and kind of have that flexibility kind of post-pandemic as well. And then you have access to wellness activities. So anything from facials to manicures to haircuts, sports massages, all in kind of one membership with, you know, credits that we use for, for people to be able to have access to that. Excellent. Sounds like, a, you know, really real quality model. Um, talk to me about your own colleagues Challenging time over the last 12 months for, for almost every organization. Have you been doing anything interesting to support your own, your class pass colleagues? Any, any initiatives that stand out? Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's definitely been a few and there's been a, a number that we've learned from. And, you know, I, just even looking back, I can't believe kind of how long we, we've all been in in this kind of moment of uncertainty, you know. And so we have definitely iterated across the last year plus. And, you know, for us, the biggest focus is truly talking to our teams and, you know, my colleagues and peers and the employees in general to understand what they need at those specific moments in time. So, you know, even looking back over the course of the year and moving forward, the piece that we continue to lean on is flexibility. That's the thing that people need and want. And so maybe I'll just talk to a couple of initiatives or things we've been doing and what we've implemented and potentially, you know, what we continue to learn and, and why we why we iterate. But, you know, as I said, we started to survey our employees. We want to know what's working, what they need, where we can improve, you know, what they need as a support system moving forward. And then really, how do they envision the future of the workplace, right? So we all kind of know what the workplace used to look like. And it. I think we all know that it's no longer going to look like that in the future. It's probably going to be a different version of that. So some of the biggest trends early on that we saw, you know, when we originally went to remote, you know, essentially overnight, we didn't know how long this was going to be. And so, you know, quite quickly, we realized that employees needed better access to, you know, a budget to allow them to have at-home setups, right? So everyone, you know, was was trying to figure out how do you work from a laptop for long periods of time, potentially on your couch or somewhere that isn't really set up or conducive to um, doing your best work. And so to address this pain point, we granted everyone at-home office stipends. So, you know, we kind of gave everyone a flat budget to say it can be used towards ergonomic chairs or, you know, computer monitors, whatever is going to help them work best at home. And then we offer the same benefits to new hires, right? So not necessarily something we just do for current employees, but this is kind of the future for how we anticipate working. I think the other thing we really heard from employees is that they wanted clarity around 
work from home and how long it was going to last. And the hard part was just the uncertainty. And so the more we can do as an employer to try to create some level of certainty for all the uncertainty that was around, the better. Um, So we pretty early on let people know that, you know, we weren't going to require people to come back to the office for quite a while, even then require, you know, had had a good amount of flexibility around that so that people can plan for relocations, you know, in partnership with our team, obviously, and for their own family needs, right? So some people potentially need to set themselves up for a school year and need to be in a particular place. And we wanted to take as much additional stress and anxiety off someone's plate as we could. And so we really tried to be mindful to do that because things are just so uncertain. Um, And then the other thing is we really want it to be a consultative process for what the future of the workplace looks like. So we've created, you know, committee internally where we're meeting on a pretty regular basis with employees from all over the company and getting their perspective and points of view because each employee needs and wants something different at this exact moment in time. And so once again, the emphasis is on flexibility. No two employees potentially need or want the exact same thing at this moment. So what can we do as an employer to continue to create the right environment for them, the right amount of flexibility, whether that is you know, redefining working hours so that you can homeschool in the morning, but then shift your schedule to later in the day or providing uh, just more options for what the future of the workplace could and should look like. So maybe it's a hybrid workplace where you come in a couple of days a week instead of needing to come in every day or potentially you want to be fully remote. And so trying to have that process with our team and and we survey them quite regularly just to keep a pulse. Is this changing? Is this still what you want? And as of now, about 93% of employees feel supported by what we've done today. And so we know, you know, for us, that, that's what we continue to lean into. Another focal point for us has been around time off. So I don't know if you've kind of seen this trend, you know, with some of the conversations you've had or just from your own personal experience. But, you know, a few months into the pandemic, we realized that no one was taking vacation days, right? People were just working themselves around the clock. There was no space anymore between work and life. Everything was, you know, connected even more so than it ever has been. And so, you know, people were canceling trips because they couldn't travel. They postponed holidays. They weren't seeing people. So we we really wanted to do what we could to try to help alleviate, you know, what we think are some of the key things that lead to burnout. And so we created a culture where we really openly are encouraging managers to ensure they're looking at, you know, PTO balances that team members have, encouraging maybe, you know, their entire team to take a day off at the same time so that everyone has the ability to really disconnect and not feel as though, okay, all these things are moving along without me there. And and then, you know, inevitably that person ends up working because they have nothing else to do. And so over the holidays, we actually did a bunch of kind of bonus days where we had the entire company take time off at the same time so that we can really ensure that people were getting the rest they needed and in really, you know, got really positive feedback about that. And then, you know, I'd say one of the other biggest trends has been around access to therapy and mental health resources. So uh, we realized quite early on that that was something we needed and wanted to provide for our employees. So we partnered with a company called BetterHelp to make sure that all employees have access to mental health resources. 
And so we kind of, as I said, like continue to iterate, we continue to listen to our employees. We want it to be a consultative process. And, you know, last time we had surveyed our team, 90% of the team said that they effectively are able to work from home. And 82% said that they, you know, are finding new routines and doing a better job of managing their work life based on kind of the changes we, we continue to make. Excellent. Uh, so you know, quite a few points there, I think, for the for the listeners to, to pick up on um, and learn from in the budget for the ergonomic office furniture, always a winner to, to kick things off to support people in the beginning. I recently invested in a, a sit stand desk and it's probably mm-hmm. one of the best investments I've ever made. I'm, I'm a big fan. Same. <laughs> yeah. You know, you made an excellent point around certainty, well, uncertainty and certainty. I'm, I'm still seeing some organizations that are talking about they're, they're having weekly meetings mm-hmm. about when when can we move back to the office and updates on that. And that kind of weekly uncertainty is just breathing more and more confusion, stress amongst uh, colleagues. I just found it, I think it's so unhelpful. And what you outlined there, just setting that certainty nice and early, setting a date in the future where you can you can relax, you can be flexible around it, and you can work towards it. It just... It takes so much off the table and relieves so much stress for colleagues. So for any organization that can do that, I, mean, I, would, I would highly recommend that. I talk about this um, kind of eight-step framework for well-being program development. And you're, you're touching on quite a few of them here already. The, I love the idea of the, the committee you established. I, I talk about gathering meaningful data. That's, that's one of the steps. And you have a survey, quite a few surveys. You, you have then the well-being, well-being champions, I, I call them, or, or a committee, if you like, that are close to the employees. Again, another, another tool for gathering information. So all supporting you, informing you, and making it, as you say, a consultative process. So look, re- really, really interesting approach and that I encourage others to take as well. So really well done on that. How are you finding the remote working now? I thought, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, you, you described your class pass now as a remote first company. Is that that's something that has changed in the last 12 months, I'd imagine? Yeah, so so I think we, we definitely lean into remote. I don't know if we're, we're fully remote first because we do have some physical office spaces throughout the world and, and based on actually surveys from our employees, a, a large portion of them do want to go back to a physical office. So we know that that's always going to be a part of our culture. Um, but at the same time, we know we're also going to kind of have a, a pretty distributed workforce. And so, you know, we have some big offices. One of our biggest ones is actually in Missoula, Montana in the US. And it's definitely a benefit to to those employees who do like to go into an office. And so we anticipate it will be one of the ways that people go back to work. But while our offices are closed, yeah, we've definitely shifted to a remote first structure. And there's a few things that have helped us to maintain our culture and, and keep informal conversations flowing to, between employees. Because you know it's definitely something that has to be quite intentional because so many of the things that you used to potentially take for granted when you saw someone in the office, it, it doesn't exist, right? You have to be really intentional about carving out the time and creating an opportunity to connect with someone that maybe you used to run into in the kitchen and that's no longer going to be a thing. So there's a couple of things that we've done. So first we use Slack quite heavily for those that, that don't use it, you know, essentially a, a 
chat room tool that allows employees to easily connect. We have channels that are, you know, for ongoing projects and company announcements just to keep clear lines of communication. We're a, you know, incredibly transparent company and we have a lot of social channels. So, you know, anything from dog parents at ClassPass to bikers at ClassPass to, you know, people that are foodies and so different, trying to create fun, easy ways for people to connect, kind of, you know, jump in and jump out of those channels as they make sense for them. Um, you know, determine kind of their own level of engagement. Secondly, our employee resource groups, our, our ERGs have really been bolstered, I would say, kind of across the last year or so. So we have, you know, a number of them that kind of bring different team members together. Um, so we have, you know, one focused around LGBTQ teammates. We have a Black employee network. We have one for um, ClassPass moms, uh, women in engineering, women at ClassPass, kind of you name it. We have a, we have a number of those um, at the company and these groups have budgets to organize events, potentially bring in speakers, you know, their own meeting cadence. And then we also have a way for the leaders of those groups to get together often to determine kind of, okay, how can we work cross-functionally? Are there things that we can learn from one another? We have tried and iterated many different social events, mm-hmm. um, and they have definitely changed over the last year or so. And I envision, you know, for me, the big thing is we're going to constantly be iterating them, right? In some moments, maybe they work. Other times people, you know, at the beginning of, of the pandemic, I would say there was an emphasis on Zoom happy hours. And then everyone realized how quickly Zoom f- fatigue hit. Like, oh, please, I can't be on Zoom another <laughs> hour or as seasons changed, right? It was a little bit of like, I'd much rather go outside than be stuck inside uh, on a Zoom again. And so, you know, Zoom fatigue, obviously a real thing. But we've had social events. We, we've we done uh, virtual team workouts, right? We're, we're in this company. So that's a way that we know when people are all together in person, they love doing that. They also love doing it virtually. It's different, gets people moving, keeps people accountable, brings people together. And we've done trivia. So some really great trivia that we've hosted. Once again, though, you know, it needs to be the right moment given that there's a lot of Zoom all the time. And then we also have kind of weekly conversation starters that we may do via Slack just to have ongoing dialogue. So if you are longing for a connection for someone, if you want to foster one-on-one, you have the ability to do that. We lean into a program called Donut that does virtual coffees kind of at random one-on-one with people. So you have the ability to kind of pop in, pop out, be like, hi, I don't know if we've met. Like You might have started in the last however long, which is just a nice way to meet people and talk about different things. And then let's see, I'd say, you know, one thing that we've heard from our employees is that beyond playful events, people really want safe spaces to connect, right? There, this year has been incredibly trying. People are longing for deeper connections around the important social issues dominating their newsfeed, um, including race and race and social justice. So rather than shying away from these topics, we've really tried to lean in and invite guest speakers, activists, external experts to foster dialogue and help our teams to grow closer and simultaneously give our teams tools and language to have these conversations in the workplace and beyond. And the result is that, you know, whether our team is sweating, laughing, learning, uh, they're doing it together and in a way that helps them feel connected from afar. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say we're always doing it perfectly, but we're, we're definitely trying to kind of listen and iterate and, and learn as we go. Very good. Yeah. And so it sounds like lots of inclusive, you know, a mix of inclusive activities 
lined up for, for colleagues to, to join uh, if they wish. But you're absolutely right. It's, it's important to kind of look for non-Zoom related activities as well. That, that's important, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the, you know, if people have the ability to do it, depending kind of where you are in the world and, and what your access is at the moment, but, you know, trying to challenge yourself to do at least one meeting a day where it's like a walk and talk and, and really connect, you know, via phone and just get out, walk, move and try to figure out a way to just disconnect yourself from, from the computer. It's, it's a great point. And I, again, I invested in some nice uh, kind of earbuds recently enough. Mm-hmm. So an old school phone call while you're, while you're out for a walk. Yeah. Is, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's, and it's a little bit different. It mixes things it up. It is. Exactly. Who knew it would be just so, so wonderful and such a nice welcoming experience, but it's, it's pretty great. Exactly. And I, I guess in terms of the, um, if, we, if you are looking for some kind of well-being classes, then it probably helps that you, that you are class pass. You probably know a few people who could deliver an, an online workout or two. So uh, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure that helps also. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun too. We've, we've tapped into some of our employees. Um, as you can imagine, some of our employees are, are involved. Maybe they themselves are you know, meditation coaches or uh, fitness teachers in, in some aspect. And so we've had them lead things as well for, for the employees to bring people together, which has been really fun. Excellent. A challenge I've seen some organizations struggling with and from a well-being perspective is let, let's say when there's a global program uh, which is developed and led from a certain country, you know, at, at a local level, it can be hard to relate to the program and initiatives. Is, is this something you've encountered? And any advice for listeners on maybe how to address this? And you've, I think you've probably touched on it already with the, with the surveys, but any advice on top of that? Yeah, so I, I guess there's a couple of things that come to mind. I mean, I, I think it's something that everyone, every company and organization needs to be really aware of and mindful of because, you, you know, you can't build something for for one office or one team. You need to really try to think of things from a global perspective. And in the reality is you probably need to iterate things slightly to ensure that they work across different countries for for employees. And once again, some may value different types of perks, you know, more than than another. And so, you know, virtual workouts work really well, right? It's something that easily provides access to everyone, but obviously the time zone is really challenging. And so, you know, we really ensure that we, we try to do our best to not do any and all of our team activities at a time where all of our colleagues in Asia are sleeping. So we try to kind of rotate through when we do times, doing multiple sessions, multiple offerings. Um, We also are a culture of uh, recording and trying to document as much as possible just to ensure that people have the ability to listen to something on their own time if they weren't able to actually attend whatever it was live. Even our team meetings, you know, we do monthly team meetings as a company and we do them at, you know, the same hour every single month that, you know, touches as many employees as possible around the globe. But of course, there's some that we know we kind of see that their lights are off in the background and, and quite dark or, or give them the opportunity to, you know, encourage that team to all listen to the recording a couple hours later when they're up and, you know, maybe they have a, a remote breakfast together and, and listen to it as a team. And then I think when we think about, you know, rolling out benefits, we we really have a goal always of, you know, kind of ensuring that it's equitable and everyone has the opportunity to take advantage of those. 
And so once again, you know, I talked a little bit about the recording. We also have an Ask Me Anything channel via Slack, which is like an ongoing dialogue with our leadership team. And so have the ability to kind of, you know, ask questions. So even if maybe you're not going to be able to attend a team meeting due to your time zone, you have the ability to see the answers either, you know, recorded live or via kind of the thread that exists on the exact topic because we don't want people feeling left out. When we think about rolling out resources to our team, we definitely, you know, for us, it's important to ensure that they can be global offerings. So, you know, BetterHelp is a, is a good example of that. When we were looking for a partner, we wanted something that was not just in one particular country for a subset of our employees. We wanted something that everyone was going to be able to have the benefit around the world. So that was, you know, a big reason why we, why we picked that as, as our vendor that we used. And then I would say kind of forward thinking, the thing that's my, on our mind often is, we want to create essentially, you know, a goal of mine and probably many leaders listening is almost in some ways to create kind of this cafeteria menu or a la carte menu of benefits that allows employees to really determine, you know, what is the thing that they want to put maybe their bank of, you know, kind of employee credits potentially towards that's most beneficial to them at their moment, right? In in their life stage, because that changes. So, you know, it might be that someone wants to put the most important benefit for them, depending on where they are, and it doesn't matter where they are in the world, but maybe it's access to more class pass credits, or, you know, maybe at a different stage in life, it, it has to do with childcare. And so for us, that's kind of always going on in the, the background for me. What does the future of that look like? Because we as an employer, I think, you know, do a, do a good job of, of creating a, you know, a, the right set of benefits globally. But at the same time, it feels like, you know, you're always going to have employees that want other perks or value different perks for someone else. And so what does the future of that look like? And and how can we try to understand how to continue to cater to our employees in, in that way? It sounds like that rather than concentrating on the specific initiatives or interventions, you're actually more focused on creating a supportive, a healthy environment. And, you know, almost like a bit like nudge theory, you're kind of empowering the individual then depending on their circumstances to make, yeah. make whatever choice they wish. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be my ultimate goal. So it's kind of my North star that I, that I hope we get to one day, just based on, you know, if we look at the research and in the surveys we continue to do, we know employees want and need flexibility. We know that everyone values something differently. We know that those values potentially change and change quickly and often due to their own circumstances. And, you know, I would love to get to a place where we have the the ability to, to kind of help them at, at each one of those moments and give them the, the ability to lean into that. So still, still a ways for us to go to get there, but that's kind of ultimately, you know, what motivates me in the background. Excellent. I love that, Jess. Aiming to make the healthy choice the easy choice over, over time. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Tell me, um, you, you've, you've created, uh, I guess, what you describe as a fair working environment for women at ClassPass. Can you share some of the initiatives you put in place to ensure a well-balanced team? Yeah, sure. Happy to. So, so yeah, we're, we're obviously pretty proud of, of our numbers overall. So 54% of our senior leaders at ClassPass are women, 30% of our board is female, and 18% of our, our team identifies as parents or legal guardians. Obviously, not necessarily 
kind of the, the stats that you always see kind of a, across the board at other companies. And so, you know, we're, we're quite proud of that. I would say, you know, one of the things that, that we make sure always is that, you know, women are considered in the conversation and in the first way to do that is ensuring they're there. Right. And so, you know, we, we do have quite a bit of, of women, senior leaders and women throughout kind of all parts of the business. And we also have a lot of advocates, I would say. Um, so in kind of allies for our women employees. And there's been a lot of really great wins that have come from having, you know, women have voices at the company. So, you know, we've increased our parental leave policies. Uh, we've invested in more resource groups and mentorship programs specifically for women. And I think some of this also just comes down to small gestures. So making sure we have comfortable nursing spaces in our offices for for parents that need to take advantage of that or want to and uh, making people feel comfortable in our offices and and let them know that we're thinking about them i think you know that is incredibly important and then just the review process so we're kind of constantly evaluating and looking at what our makeup is um, kind of across the board for for our team very good yeah you're clearly an organization that that likes to track numbers. You've mentioned quite a few. <laughs> and that's just coming yes, we, we definitely quickly. are. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't measure something, you can't improve upon it. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, it definitely tells a good part of the story. It doesn't tell the whole story. But, you know, for me, I think having a data point is always really directionally helpful in terms of, you know, validation or understanding, you know, it's easy for me to potentially say, like, I think this is important, but it's a lot better if I can say with, with, you know, more conviction, oh, I actually know this is important because I wasn't the one who necessarily is the only one thinking this, but our employees are the ones that have shared this feedback. And, and this is, this is the right place for us to focus our efforts. And this, I think will, will make the biggest impact on overall who we are as an employee. Absolutely. Uh, kind of on a related uh, question then, we, we have quite a few recruiters and recruitment companies that would listen to the show. Yeah. How, how do you ensure through the hiring process that women are getting equal opportunities at ClassPass? Yeah, sure. So, you know, recruiters and hiring managers uh, always need to be thinking about the voices they're missing. So not necessarily, you know, just women, but ensuring that all voices and backgrounds are included in the process and and recognizing how important it is to have those voices in the room. So that's that's where true innovation uh, and creativity is going to happen. So, you know, we as a company over the past however many months, we have gone through some pretty extensive audits and we have evaluated our recruiting and hiring practices to ensure that we're not only creating fair hiring processes, but we're getting our open roles in front of candidates from different backgrounds and using different, we're sourcing, you know, in, in different locations. And we want to demonstrate kind of what inclusion looks like at ClassPass. So one of the things I think I'm quite proud of the team that they've done recently is we've revamped our about us page on our website. And so, you know, kind of front and center, we're talking about inclusion and why it's foundational because, you know, the last thing we want to do as an employer is to, you know, attract candidates and tell them about how great, you know, class pass is. And then they go to our website and they don't, see something that looks very inclusive, right? If you don't see someone that looks like you, if you can't relate to kind of, you know, the different um, work streams that are happening or uh, what the core values of the company are, 
it's probably where you're going to end the the process. And so making sure that it's truly a 360 so that if someone were to come to our site and as we continue to invest in different ways to bring on talent, we're also ensuring that uh, future employees can have a sense of belonging and know what it would be like to work at ClassPass and that that would be exciting to them. So, so I think that's kind of a, a big step for us. And, and then I think, you know, as a company in, in the space we're in, in our industry, we're always looking for ways to evaluate the voices of women. Um, and we kind of like within the fitness and wellness industry. So for example, we now allow studio and spot owners to add a tag on their profile that highlights their business as a women-owned business. And we use this data <laughs> um, to, to spotlight you know, their business through our blog and app and social channels. And we just believe that we have a responsibility to, to champion diversity in the wider industry. So not just within our organization and the reason I think that's important for recruiters who are listening is, you know, it's not simply getting someone in the door. It's it's truly understanding, well, what is it going to be like when I work there? And what does this company stand for? And how are they... Um, how are they contributing, not just within their own four walls, but beyond uh, for the, the causes that are, you know, uh, hopefully important to to not only those individuals but the company as well. Excellent, yeah, and you know, I think we'll we'll include a link to that Adeudos page in the show notes because that sounds like a really good example of an inclusive uh, Adeudos page that the the listeners can learn from. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, the no, team has done a great job. We certainly do that. Well, we we focused quite a bit, Holland, actually almost entirely on on the organization, which which is really <sighs> interesting. You, you yourself, and so you've got a busy role, clearly, a you know, busy schedule. How or, or do you manage to spend time on your own well-being at present? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I make time for it. Um, I think it is so, so important. So, you know, beyond kind of the, the schedule at work, I am a mom to three teeny kids all under the age of six. Uh, so this year has definitely been a, a little bit of a balancing act, but, you know, lucky to have kind of a great partner in that. But every day is a little bit different in terms of homeschool and childcare, but it's important to block off time. So like for me, the big thing is I block off the times that are truly meant to disconnect and be with my family. And so I, you know, have a a public facing calendar that anyone can see because I also want to encourage others that this is what they should be doing. And so kind of carve out the time and note quite clearly I'm with my family. I'm kind of disconnecting. I'm or you know, I'm going for a run, whatever the thing is that I need to do to focus on myself and my own well-being so that when I show up, I'm I'm truly showing up at work. And I also try to make a, a pretty big effort to disconnect as much as possible, you know, on a Saturday or a Sunday. And same thing, right? It's like I know I need that time to recharge. And so sometimes I remove my email from my phone. I mean, I have to like trick myself to ensure that I'm holding myself accountable because it's quite easy to pick up your phone and just start, you know, randomly looking at work, um, as we all know. So I do that and and I definitely advocate for for anyone, you know, whether you're a parent or not, anyone to kind of block the time off for their own personal well-being. 
whether it's a workout, meditation, going for a walk. It's just something that I think is so important and to, you know, leave the technology behind. I oftentimes will like put my phone in a totally different room um, when I am spending time with my family. And so I, I love seeing employees that that continue to do this as well. So whether that's you know them using their Slack updates to show the different things they're doing, um, right? Like I'm offline and this is why. I just think, yeah, no matter what, it's it's absolutely critical for people to to recharge. Love that. Absolutely love that. And uh, yeah, I can only imagine that the challenges of three, three young children, the homeschool <laughs> work. And I, I have I have one, one six year old well, and, and another one on the way. But yes. that, that, that was that was challenging in and of itself. I can I can imagine multiplying that by by three. <laughs> It has been, but there's silver linings. There's a lot yeah. of great, you know, there, there are some great silver linings and I'm really lucky. My, you know, my six-year-old is is at school most days. And now I have the ability to kind of carve out the time to, to bring her and to pick her up, which, you know, I wouldn't have if I was in an office at this moment. So that is kind of, you know, time that I hold really true. And I, I try to not adjust it and make exceptions so that those around me think that, you know, they can kind of shift my calendar often. I said, no, no, this is absolutely precious time. I'm not going to shift it. And I try to make as few exceptions as possible. It's really refreshing to hear you say, and other leaders celebrate, if you like, downtime, family time, well-being time, and talk about it, promote it amongst colleagues. It feels like we're we're a long way. we're, we're, We're leaving behind that old school idea of, you know, sleep is for wimps and overwork culture it's 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 more mm-hmm. celebrating our, our downtime and our well-being so we can as you say give more and be fully present when we are actually working yeah so important i noticed just for myself it makes a huge difference if i can figure out how to get a workout in for a bit or even just as simple as a walk around the block it it kind of changes everything and you know really provides that kind of what's needed in order to, to get through the day in a productive healthy way it, it really does. Well, listen, keep doing what you're doing. You're a great role model. Thank you so much for sharing so much with us today, Holland. Where can people go to find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Yeah, so you can go to the ClassPass site, classpass.com. We are hiring right now as well. So, you know, we'll kind of use that as a, as a plug. And as I said earlier, you know, we kind of revamped our, our About Us page. So lots to, to see and learn about the company. And then, yeah, everyone's contact information is there as well. So thank you so much, Brian. I, I really, what a treat. This was, this was really fun and looking forward to, to hopefully talking again. Excellent. Thanks so much, Holland. We will include that link in the in the show notes. Thanks so much for your time. Stay safe and we will speak with you again soon. Thanks. Same to you, Brian. Hello, everyone. Brian here again. A big thank you for listening right to the end of this episode of the Work Well podcast. I want to give a big shout out to our partners, the fruit people who are leading the way in workplace nutrition both in office and remotely. You can check them out at thefruitpeople.ie. And it's with thanks to the fruit people that we have a delicious fresh fruit and healthy snack pack to give away to one lucky listener for each episode of season three. To find out how to enter, go to workwellpodcast.com and find the link to the latest podcast episode. Finally, are you interested in diving deeper 
in the area of workplace well-being. Why wouldn't you? You need to check out the WorkWell Institute. The WorkWell Institute is an online hub for all your workplace well-being, education and training needs, whether you're an individual or an organization. Head on over to workwellinstitute.org where you'll find out the details on all the courses available, including my flagship program, Developing a Workplace Wellness Program That Lasts. Check it out at workwellinstitute.org. Thanks again for listening. The original music for this podcast was composed by my friend Greg Clifford. Thank you, Greg. Remember to work well, stay safe, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Work Well Podcast.